Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We welcome aboard right now former star quarterback at Georgia, and that is Aaron Murray. CBS Sports College football analyst joins us now, joins us before. Good morning, Aaron. Taz of the Moose with you. Thanks for a couple minutes this morning, bud. What's up, Aaron? What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing today? Doing oh, well, good, doing well. So, Aaron, come just quickly for you personally, come February, are you going to be in the XFL? Yeah, man, I got to get my butt in shape now. So it's kind of, <laughs> you know, I, I've been nice and comfy in studio doing games. And then, you know, I decided that I just love being punished by dudes that are a lot bigger than me. So, <laughs> yeah, I've been working out, throwing, and uh, we actually start, we have a two-week mini camp in December. Then we get Christmas off, and then we start practice. All teams will go to Houston for three weeks, practice, inter- practice against each other, a couple scrimmages, that kind of thing. And then, First game actually up in New York on uh, February 9th. Wow. So be, uh, ho- hopefully the weather will be a little bit warm. So I'm, I'm not used to playing like 20 degree weather. So Wait, would you say the so date? Guys, uh, would you say the date was again? I want to say February 8th or 9th. I'll right. go for the Saturday or Sunday game. It's going to be freezing, dude. So. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. It's going to be I gotta, freezing. I got I to call Kurt Warner and figure out what kind of glove I need to wear. Today. Well, that's exactly my, right. Yes. My baby hands can't handle that kind of thing. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> baby hands. Uh, you know, Aaron, before we get to the latest college football rankings, and by, by the way, we wish you best of luck yeah, in the luck, XFL. Man. All right. Yep, yep. We enjoy watching you play quarterback sure. and, and go get it uh, come early February. Uh you know, the two injury down in Alabama, you know, Aaron, is really heartbreaking. It really is. You feel for him. People talk about, you know, the long road it's going to take him to get back here. Uh, you know, what what was your take? You know, I know people were critical somewhere. Taz and I weren't about him being in the game at 35-7. No one's anticipating that kind of an injury. But, you know, it's a shame to see a guy that's got so much ability, so much talent, and potentially the number one overall pick in April's NFL draft go down to this kind of a significant hip injury. Yeah, it stinks. And and first, I want to go back to those who are saying that, you know, he shouldn't have been in the game. You know, he's run a million two-minute drives his whole life. When it comes to football, and I don't care if it's high school, college, NFL, most games, especially competitive games, what do they come down to? The two-minute drive. Like, the two-minute drive is something when I was in Kansas City with the Chiefs, we would – that's the first thing we learned when OTA started. It's the first thing we went over in, in camp when uh, when August rolled around. I mean, the two-minute drill is one of the most important things. If you ask Tom Brady, you know, to take, you know, hey, Tom, we're going to take you out of this two-minute drive. Like, hell no, I need as many reps running a two-minute drive because the big games always come down to those last two minutes. So I love the fact that he was in the game. I think he should have been in there. I guarantee you he would not have started the second half. He was getting the reps. So you just you, – you can't play scared and you can't play worried that a player is going to get hurt because then that's usually when injuries happen. You just got to let them go out there and do their thing. I do wish Tua had a little bit more awareness and understanding that, listen, we're up, what is it, 35-6 to six or whatever it was, 35-7. I'm out of the pocket. I'm a little bit banged up. I got two dudes that are just chasing me down. Just throw the ball away, man. At that point, throw it away, live to play another down instead of taking the hit and landing on your hip. But overall, it stinks. You hate seeing guys get hurt. You, say, you hate seeing a guy who 
not only means so much to Alabama and, and their season and all he's done these past couple of years, but the, the college football. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm one of many people who every Saturday tune in to watch Alabama destroy everyone, but you're tuning in to watch Tua. You're tuning in to watch Tua and these receivers put up just crazy stats, and it's just it's always amazing to me to see the timing, the chemistry, the accuracy, the playmaking ability from within the pocket, outside the pocket, and and I don't know. I, I'm not a doctor. Obviously, I didn't say that, uh, you know, a holiday in last night. So I don't know how long the recovery is going to be, if he's going to be able to participate and say, a pro day, if he's going to be able to participate in OTAs. And if that is something that he can do, does he decide to come back for another year? I'm sure a bunch of Alabama fans are hoping that. I'm sure every other fan base in America is praying that he decides to go to the NFL. Uh, regardless, I mean, you guys said it, and he is, he is first-round talent. He's extremely accurate. He has great arm strength. He's a playmaker, which all NFL scouts love nowadays. I mean, they love a guy who's creative in the pocket, can get outside the pocket, can create on the run, and he is check, check, check all the boxes when it comes to that. Yeah, no doubt, Aaron. But So let's say, like with Tua, so let's say he does decide to go to the NFL, right? So, like, you know the deal here. So let's say he goes in the draft. You know, I mean, it's going to be really hard to believe that he's going to be high up as he initially was. I mean, he's probably going to lose a ton of money. Right, so if you were him, how would you handle it? You know, you're not 23 years old anymore, right? He's 23. His family's, you know, giving him advice. I'm sure Saber's giving him advice and his people or whatever. But how would you handle it? Would you go back to school, just get your education, rehab the right way? I I don't think he's going to go back and play at Alabama again. But if he does go back, maybe just to get his education, then wait a year and go back in. Like, how would you uh, handle it if, if you were in his position? So. Uh... At the end of the day, if you if you do say you know say say he drops the to late in the end of the first round, so you're saying okay he lost all that money he could have been a top ten pick. Well, right. then you say the fact that if he does stay, well you're losing a year of money anyway. So that's that's kind of how it, it pays off. And is and, and and it too has been shown, and and that's something that I guess is going to be a big knock on him is the fact that he does get banged up. You know you look at yep. last year yep. in the ankle, this year ankle now hip. So in his mind too, it's like hey listen if I come back for a senior year and I get hurt again, well, you know, then I really am looking like, hey, can this guy play that next level? Can he handle the pounding of playing against guys that are even bigger, stronger, and faster in the NFL? So if I'm him, I'm, I'm taking the money and leaving. You know, obviously you, also you come back, and all those great receivers that you've built the chemistry with, and, and I'm sure Alabama, and, and, and they've recruited well, and they got receivers come back next year. But your top dudes, two or three of them, at least two of them, maybe three, are going to be in the NFL. So now you're going to have to relearn chemistry with new receivers to That's get that timing point. down. So yeah. will you even be as successful next season as you were this year? So And then you run into the thing, too, of you know Trevor Lawrence is going to be the first pick in the draft next year. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I do think Jake Fromm stays for his senior year. So now you got two other quarterbacks, one for sure going to be ahead of you. Jake Fromm, I don't know if he will be ahead of you or not, but like I said, if I'm Tua and I know that I'm, I've been banged up these past few years and that's kind of my M.O., you know, if you're still projected first-round pick and you know that you can be healthy enough to participate in OTAs and, and like I said, maybe get back for your pro day, uh, then I'm taking it and rolling. And you want to talk about family, his brother Talia is the backup quarterback. So I'm sure Talia's like, hey, big bro, get your ass out of here. And let the little brother let the little brother get his yeah, chance to play yeah. here at Alabama. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you, you know, Aaron, with, with the Tua injury, did that dash the chances of Alabama winning a national championship? Yes. Well, I don't think they're going to win this year anyways. This team, 
uh, defensively is nowhere near capable of winning a championship. You, you look at the top teams in the country right now, um, in LSU, I, I, I do believe this was their last week as the number one team in the country. I just defensively, it's 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 nothing like we're used to seeing LSU football. So I, I think the top two teams in my mind are right now Ohio State and Clemson. And Clemson, no one wants to talk about Clemson. They're just sitting around getting better offensively. Trevor Lawrence has turned the page, I believe, of, of the turnover machine early in the season. These two teams, I think, are going to be on a collision course uh, to play each other in championships. So I don't think even with a healthy Tua, uh, that this team was going to make a run for the championship or be in the championship game. And I don't even know if I would necessarily put them in that four spot regardless anyways if, if say, Georgia loses to LSU in the SEC championship game. I just don't think they're a complete football team. I don't think that you can tell me that this team can compete right now with Clemson and Ohio State. And obviously, they had their opportunity versus LSU. They had it. They were, the game was at Alabama. And LSU dominated from the whistle. Uh, they dominated that entire football game. So, um, no, it's a long answer. No, Alabama, I don't think, deserves to be in the top four. Uh, so, Aaron, what, what about, like, do you think, uh, you mentioned LSU. I mean, you think Joe Burrow, the QB at LSU, you think he goes number one now overall? Or do you think it's the edge rusher from the Buckeyes, Chase Young? Who, who do you think goes number one? Do you think it's going to be Burrow as far as the, a quarterback being number one? Well, definitely if, if – if it's, it's Cincinnati, and we know Andy Dalton, I think, is uh, is going to be gone after this season. Uh, Ryan Finley is a good quarterback. I had that opportunity actually to cover Ryan Finley last year at NC State. Really talented, uh, can make all the passes, smart, good size. So I don't know if they see him necessarily, though, as the future, if you have the opportunity to draft a Joe Burrow. So, I mean, we know it, it, it comes down to what that team needs. Usually a first draft means you need a quarterback. So if that team needs a quarterback uh, and it's Cincinnati, then heck yeah. If it's Cincinnati, Miami, they're going for it. But if it's the Jets and they got Darnold, then, you know, probably they probably will go with a chase, you know, chase young, a guy that I think if you ask a lot of people, is probably the best player in this draft, but what wins championships, a quarterback, you need a gunslinger, all the best teams in, in college football, the best teams, in the NFL, they got their million-dollar man. They got their $30 million man who's out there making all the calls, getting them in the right position, and going out there and kicking butt. So I think Joe Burrow, when it comes to NFL ability, is is beyond ready. I mean, he, he's the size. He has the arm strength. He has the accuracy. He has the, the footwork, um, the ability to create with his legs. Um, he's sneaky fast. Can get you 10, 15 yards. He's super tough. I mean, I wish he was a little less, less tougher. I wish he'd get his butt down and learn how to slide before he gets his ass knocked out. But <laughs> um, he and he's playing in a system. I mean, literally, if you watch LSU and I've watched pretty much every single one of their games, it is identical. I mean, identical to what they're running in the NFL. Every single concept is the stuff that the Saints are running, the Kansas City Chiefs are running, the Rams are running, the Eagles are running, the Packers are running. I mean, this is an NFL offense, and he is throwing over 70%, ton of touchdowns, very few interceptions. I mean, he is getting uh, getting used to this system, and I think it's going to be an easy transition for him to kind of take that over into the NFL next season. So I think if you're an NFL team with the first pick and you need a quarterback, I think you'd be crazy not to take Joe Burrow. I think this guy is a game changer from day one. He walks in there, and I think he's ready to start week one in the NFL next season. All right, Aaron, uh, for the Utah fan and the Oregon fan out there that are on the outside looking in as this college football season is winding down, 
Which one of those two programs do you think have the best chance of making a national semifinal? Well, it's, it's crazy to me that the committee right now, I think they've – I feel like they've almost made a statement saying if Georgia loses to LSU in the SEC championship game, that right now we have Alabama ranked at five. And then those two programs in the Pac-12 ranked at six and seven right behind them. It's just – to me, it's it's what what can they now do to to jump Alabama? Um, and and if you look at Alabama, just take away take away Nick Saban, take away the A, take away them being in the playoffs the last you know since the very beginning of this whole system, and just look at a, a schedule. Just look at their schedule and what they've done this year, the body of work. And like I said, take away all the extra stuff. Can you tell me that unknown team deserves to be number five in the country? And the answer is no. It's not. You watch the film. And you look at what they've done. I don't think they deserve right now to be number five. So it's kind of crazy to me. I don't know what Oregon and Utah can do to jump them right now. Maybe they're just waiting till one of them wins the Pac-12 championship to say, okay, now we have a Pac-12 champion. We'll move them into that fourth spot. But I do think that the Pac-12 does need Oregon to win, though, if they want to get in. I just don't know if Utah brings enough, uh, I guess you can say, sexiness to the whole scenario of the playoffs to jump Alabama. I do think Oregon, when you look at them, they lost the first game of the season. And regardless if Auburn's 9-3 and three or 8-4, and four, this is a really good Auburn team, one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, they were winning that game, probably should have won that game, but it was, still, it was the first game of the season on a neutral site. And what have you done for me lately? They've reeled off uh, win after win after win after win if they beat Utah in the, in the Pac-12 championship. That's 12 straight, 12 straight victories. So I think Oregon deserves to get in. I think Oregon's a great offense. They got a guy in Justin Herbert who's going to be a first-round pick. Most likely he's going to be in New York for the Heisman ceremony. Uh, you got a defense that's playing lights out right now. And, and you got a big brand name. I mean, Oregon is a big brand. But Utah, to me, that scares me. Even if they win, win versus Oregon, they win the Pac-12, they got one loss. I don't know if the committee looks at them and says, okay, you know, we, we want to build as much excitement around these players as possible. We want people tuning in and watching. We want people going to these games. If Utah and their brand brings enough excitement to jump Alabama, and, and what is that discussion within that boardroom? So uh, I'm rooting for Oregon. I like Oregon a lot. I'm a big fan of Justin Herbert. And, and like I said, I think if they do pull it out, I think they could jump, uh, jump Alabama and get to that four spot if Georgia loses to LSU. So, Aaron, what about uh, Ohio State? So, you know, they got a couple of tough games here to wrap this thing up. The regular season, they got Penn State and Michigan. You think they can get through both of those uh, those Big Ten teams, especially, you know, Michigan, that their arch, arch nemesis. You think Ohio State can get through Penn State and, and, uh, and the Wolverines? I do. I think they take care of business this weekend. You look at Clifford for Penn State, and when he had his, you know, they had their big opportunity, big moment versus Minnesota. The kid goes out there and, and throws three picks and just looks like he was not ready for the big scene. So the key for Penn State is obviously you can't turn the ball over. You can't give Ohio State explosive offense, good field position. So Clifford has to kind of eliminate the turnovers. But Ohio State, to me, is is the best team in the country. Obviously, we know about Chase Young on the outside. Uh, and then Justin Fields, this is, to me, he is number two in my Heisman ballot. I think a lot of people's Heisman ballot. And, and, and Joe Burrow has a big lead right now. But if Justin Fields goes out there and balls out this week, if he goes out there and balls out for Mich- versus Michigan, if he goes out there and kicks butt in the Big Ten championship game, and say Joe Burrow goes in versus Georgia and this Georgia defense and he legs an egg, he throws two picks, 
throws one touchdown and maybe Georgia finds a way to beat LSU. You know, there's, there's throwing, I mean, it could happen. I mean, for 150 years, what is one championships? Defense has won championships. So is that all of, all of a sudden going to change 150 years in the college football? I don't know. I mean, maybe LSU and this offense is the one to change all that. But if that happens, we could look at something that happened last year with Tua heading into SEC championship week as the guy winning it all has a bad game versus Georgia and all of a sudden, Kyler Murray's walking away with the Heisman. So I think Justin Fields is going to close that gap or has the opportunity to close that gap over these next few weeks in the Heisman race to where if Joe does, like I said, have a bad week for his Georgia, I think Fields is, is, is proven enough that he, he deserves an opportunity, like I said, to be in New York and possibly win the Heisman. I think the kid is, is electric with his legs, electric with his arm. Uh, they got a great running back, obviously, in Dobbins. So I think they take care of business this week at home. Michigan is playing better. They're playing better defensively. Shea Patterson's not turning the ball over. That's a game that's going to be on the road at the big house. Always a tough environment. Uh, but I think I think excuse me, Ohio State is the best team in the conference in the country and the best team in that conference. So I think they do take care of business this, these next few weeks. You know, Aaron, I, I'm curious because you've been through it, and you had, you know you were um, you were a great player at Georgia, right? And you won a lot of big games down there for the Bulldogs. And and this story coming out of Happy Valley, you, you feel for the the young college player. I mean, I get you know there are fans and there are fanatics and there are people that are willing to say anything, but I mean. When you have to have the quarterback, Sean Clifford, coming out telling reporters on Tuesday that he deleted his social media accounts after receiving death threats and vulgar messages, uh, you know, after their loss to Minnesota on November 9th. I mean, you know, there is no there is no place for that. Uh, there really isn't. And you feel for a guy and you feel for any major college athlete in a big Division One football program or really any program where fans, especially with social media nowadays, I mean, they overstep the They say stuff that they never say to your face. One Taz and I talk no. about all the time. And this stuff surrounded Sean Clifford. There's no reason he should be dealing with any of this. No, it, it's nuts. I mean, we're talking about college kids here. You, you don't don't tell me that these kids aren't working their butt off to be the best player they could be. I mean, you, you're going to have games where things just don't go wrong uh, or don't go right. Excuse me. I mean, it just it just happens. I mean, even in the NFL, Tom Brady doesn't always have the best day. Aaron Rodgers doesn't always have the best day. Patrick Mahomes doesn't always have the best day. You're human. You're going to make mistakes. You don't see us going to to your office when you're having a crappy day and you, you miss an assignment or you're late on you're, you're late on your due day or whatever it is, we don't see you. We're not tweeting at you and yelling at you and sending death threats. So I think that the social media and fans nowadays have definitely set the boundary at times of thinking that they can say whatever they want, they can do whatever they want. Oh, I'm just kidding. I don't mean it. Well, it's, it's not right, man. You don't say that. And you're right. If, if you see him in the street, I guarantee you're not going to say that to his face. So – uh, the cowardness of using social media is, is it's disgusting to me. It's, I would be embarrassed if I was a family member of some of these people. And I looked at, you know, if I was a parent and I looked at my uh, son or daughter's Twitter account and they were tweeting crap to some college football player, I'm like, who are you to tweet at this person? I mean, this guy is working, like I said, he is working his butt off week in and week out, giving it all to this university, getting the crap knocked out of him in the pocket, getting up and going out there and executing the next play and you think you have the right to go out there and tweet or Instagram or message this guy and send him threats, like, shut up, delete your account, and leave the kid alone. I, I absolutely hate it for these kids, and, and it's just unfortunate that fans, not all fans, I mean, this is the 1% or 2%, but these 1% or 2% think that they can do this. Hey, Aaron, final one for you, uh, and that is, you think Ohio State's the best team in the land. If I was asking you, uh, if we were to ask you, to, you know, predict it here, 
you think Oregon ends up getting in? They win the Pac-12. How do you think this all plays out? Who ends up being the top four teams in the land when the final college football rankings come out? So I do think Ohio State, after, after it's either after this weekend or after Michigan, once they kind of beef up their resume uh, with top 10 and top 15 teams and, and putting that in the victory chart, uh, I think Ohio State will jump to one. So in my mind, it's going to be one Ohio State, two LSU, uh, three Clemson, and then four Oregon. And I definitely have – um, one and three, I think, are the best, actually the best teams in the country. LSU just has the resume, and that's a big-time resume on Clemson, and Clemson doesn't have the ability here and out the rest of the season to really beef that up with any kind of signature win within the ACC. So uh, I do think we're going to see Ohio State and Clemson in the national championship, and, and then from there it's a, it's a coin toss. I don't know who wins the football game. I think both teams are excellent. Like I said, Clemson right now is playing some of the best ball in the country. I think that's going to be a fun one to watch. Hey, Aaron, best of luck in the XFL come February. Great stuff on CBS Sports, and we always appreciate you joining us, all right? We appreciate, appreciate it, Aaron. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, guys. See you all. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.